Welcome to the Belly to Belly podcast, where we explore in-person business-to-business marketing. This episode is brought to you by Meet, the company that helps international companies exhibit at U.S. trade shows. Check them out at meetroi.com. Hi, and welcome to the Belly to Belly podcast. Today, we are on our third part of the Leveraging Virtual Trade Show Participation Podcast. And today is totally focused on attendee participation. So those moments when we're not exhibiting, we're not um, sponsoring or, or uh, you know, speaking, but we're simply an attendee. We bought a ticket and we're, uh, we're participating in the workshops, we're walking around to the booths, all that kind of stuff, or we're uh, virtually walking around to the booths, I should say. Um, and so uh, we're, we're again uh, joined by Kelly Kenny. Welcome, Kelly. Hello, Bill. Great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Real, real good to have you. So uh, we're going to hop right into this. It's obviously a big topic. There's a lot going on right now, uh, it's certainly in terms of virtual events. And, and we certainly see the virtual events are, are here to stay and, and will be a great complement to, to in-person events as they come back. So let's, uh, let's get into the first question. So from an attendee standpoint, again, we're not exhibiting, we're not uh, sponsoring or any of the other kind of features, but we're simply attending. What's different when you look at um, attending a virtual trade show versus an in-person? Well, I think um, when you're thinking about virtual, there's, there's all the things of understanding the event, planning and doing all those things. But when you're doing virtual, you really have to understand the tech. The tech's either gonna work with you or against you. So uh, what we're finding is it's really, I mean, if you wanna differentiate yourself at an event, understand the tech, get involved with it as soon as you can, and then find all the little nooks and crannies where you can differentiate yourself because there are many, many ways to do that virtually. And there's also ways, by the way, to be invisible, which a lot of people end up being invisible because they don't know how to use a technology. So um, it's embrace the technology, have a plan and a strategy and leverage it to the hilt. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's just so uh, our community knows. So probably six or eight months ago, we actually um, surveyed about 35 uh, virtual trade show platforms. So we've kind of seen it all in what's available in the market. And, and they're, they're all evolving right now. There's a lot of pressure on these companies to develop, you know, additional functionality and whatnot. But it, it, we've seen and been in trade shows where uh, what maybe half or a third of the people have their profile filled out and they have an image um, and, and things like that. So you're, you're, as Kelly said, you can be really invisible in these and, and not leverage it. And, you know, for most of us, half of the value of going to trade shows is the networking. And if, and if we haven't, if we don't understand either, you know, how to get our profile right or all the other ways that we can meet people, um, then we're going to lose a lot. And, and, and I think, you know, the, the interesting thing of, you know, walking into a venue physically, it's pretty easy to figure that stuff out, right? You know, we, we have our business cards, we, you know, we, we have whatever identifies us and we can, we can geographically sort of work our way through the, or physically work our way through the event where online you have to, you have to know the venue. I, I kind of, I think is what you're, what you're saying is you you know, this is your navigation through the venue is understanding the tech. Is that, is that uh, kind of where you were going? Absolutely. And what I'm really saying too is 
there is a way even with a profile to attend and kind of be there. And then there's a way to stand out and be a service to your other participants. I, I have been to shows where some people are so memorable because they're so empathic to the fact that others are struggling. And even with their um, event chat, they're saying, hey, by the way, if you set up your profile and you go right here and they point to or circle and highlight, add your just add your LinkedIn link to that and then we'll see you. I mean, and that person, for those who are new to this type of thing, they're like, oh my God, they're genius. And you really stand out without being like, hey, idiot, put your profile up so I know whether to spend time with you or not. I mean, I, the technology is really cool and some different platforms even do the proactive matching for you and represent huge opportunities. Because when you're at a show with 40,000 people, they don't necessarily walk around with a placard of these are my four subject matter expertise and you should know about, but the technology does it for you. So it's absolutely, if you're leveraging it well, the thing to do. Well, and kind of what you're saying about being a, a, a wayfinder for people or, mm -hmm. or somebody who can assist uh, their peers in getting the most out of the platform, when you're in a workshop, being able to connect with people and help them interact with the with the chat better and things like that is almost like that individual at a as a physic at a physical event where they know where the restrooms are and they know where the conference room B is or whatever it is. So when people are lost and they're looking for help, you can be that that person that helps them and and uh, and 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 create those connections that are maybe harder to create otherwise. And I think you're you're leading us into kind of where we're going, which is, you know, you know, sorry, we're we're an attendee of a virtual event. Um, and you know, what are the things that uh, that we need to do um, uh, to best leverage that opportunity? What are the moments we you know to kind of just mentioned workshops? What what are the things that we can do in the event to sort of get the most out of it? Sure. Just like an in-person event, if you pre-plan and look at the agenda, look at the topics. Maybe you would be planning which workshop or segment am I gonna attend? But in addition to it, you really want to um, have a few good questions, A for the chat and B for the Q and A. So in the chat, and this is what I love about virtual that you don't get in a live situation is when you're in the room, you're actually seeing what everybody's thinking as the presenter's going about their topic. And if you have some really good poignant elements that highlight a little bit about how you see that particular topic, number one, other people in the room are gonna go, wow, that is really interesting. That that vantage point is something that I hadn't thought about and I wanna get together with you or bring it off site, you know, pull people into a, a conversation. That, that kind of stuff is such an opportunity in virtual that you could never do live. I mean, hi, from across the room while the presenter's presenting, I want to ask you this question, but you can virtually. And so having a good plan, knowing what the topic is and not trying to one up the speaker or anything else, but to add to the conversation because you can, you can see who the smart people are in the room and you can add to the volume of information exchange just by being an active not a screaming, not an obnoxious, but an active participant is, is a fabulous way to be seen and to learn great things because you'll engage others and they'll throw things back at you. So really being an active participant and engaging with pre-thought out. And I'm telling you, things fly faster than you imagine. Even if you're a subject matter expert, you should have 
three or four bullets that are your mantra for the event, then you wanna sculpt it to that particular segment, but know where you're heading and see who you can gauge because you'll wanna do it in the chat and you'll wanna do it in the questions. So, you know, it, it, and I, I know from what you've mentioned in the past, there's kind of a fine line to this in terms of, uh, you know, those that go over the line in terms of their communication and chat. What are the, some, you mentioned one or two of the no-nos in terms of, you know, sort of being obnoxious, but I, I, there may be some more subtle things, uh, people being self-promotional, but you want to walk us through uh, what, you know, what are the no-nos in, in chat? <laughs> Hi, I'm Bob. You need some insurance? <laughs> that, that happens and is really obnoxious. It also is obnoxious um, that I've seen a presenter, a subject matter expert is up on stage and one of their competitors is throwing items out that might be different or different context, but it is really not a good thing to do. Um, you want to be on topic always, whatever that room environment is, but you want to keep it so that it is not confrontational, it is additive and not something that is going to distract, um, you know, take them totally offline of what they're, they're presenting, you know. Um, so everybody's got their own mission and value, but you, you really want to make sure you keep it in the context of the presentation. Hmm. Because now, do you it, ever, I'm sorry? It's really, really obnoxious and distracting when somebody throws in a, an oddball comment and you're trying to figure out where that's coming from and you stop listening. Sure. And um, so, you know, I know you operate with two screens. Do you uh, actually use both screens, you know, watching and, and interacting in the event on one and then maybe having the uh, participant list up on another so you're, you're connecting and friending and making appointments with people on the other while you're while you're doing that? I am absolutely doing both. And sometimes if I'm really tricky, I'll bring up three. But what you really want to do and is acknowledge other great participants. So, you know, hey, Bill, I saw your comment. That was really interesting. I'm going to be heading over the networking roundtable next. Would you join me? That kind of stuff I do all the time just to fill up my table, if you will, before I get to it in the networking. And I'm doing it by skimming through the comments and cherry picking people. Um, I do some where I say, hey, that's really interesting. Maybe we should talk offline. And I don't necessarily invite them to the next because it's a secondary conversation, but I want them to know that I saw them there and be present. Hmm. Very cool. Well, there, there's one other segment, and I don't know if you want to go into it here, and that is uh, attending the booths and what you should be doing there and that kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked about in the workshops. Yeah, yeah please hop into how, how do we take advantage of the booths and exhibits and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So another thought about where you can leverage virtual, and uh, this is two ways to go about it. So when you're heading into the booths, into the exhibit area, um, well, number one, I'm gonna go as a, a participant and I'm walking down the aisle, and this sounds odd, but you wanna touch everything. So if, so if you walk into a booth and you're interested, touch things because what you're gonna see is a video is gonna pop up or a person will pop up. And if you really want to engage with that particular booth, which you can take your time like you would, and actually it's kind of relaxing to walk through instead of feeling like all the eyes every time you walk to the next booth, like everybody's looking at you and 
hoping to engage you. This, you can take your time, look at what the booth has, but when you're walking around virtually through the booth, touch things because that'll engage different leverage and different ways to engage with people. And right then, some of the, the virtual environments have it so that you can start a conversation, you can download a paper, you can watch a sizzle reel and really get to know things, number one. And number two, if you happen to see a competitor, it's brilliant time to learn a little bit about, like, think of it as your, your first impression of a competitor. What's their, what's their value proposition? Does it scream in their booth? Does it, is it common? Is it subtle? How do you differentiate from them? Really take a good look because they can't see you're looking until you touch something. So for me, I love these virtual shows to really get an understanding of the vibe of my competitor, their offerings and how we differentiate and to actually stop by and say, hey, this is a really interesting booth. We're in the same industry. I'm, I'm glad that you're at this show. How did you decide to come to the show? And, and feel them out and see how they engage with you. And the other like, oh my God, it happens in person as it does in virtual. Some places I touch every single booth and I got zero, zero follow-up, zero. I went through a show purposely and touched every single booth. So I could say, of the 200 exhibitors, how many followed up with me? Zero. Not good. Not Four. good for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so no real point in going if you're not going to follow up. Nope. Um, nope. Good stuff. Okay. So let's, so we've talked about sort of the event itself. Um, and so, Obviously, there's some preparation. You're doing a fair amount of preparation before you get there. What are some of the keys to preparing well for a, a virtual event? Well, we talked about it earlier. You certainly want your profile up. So set up your profile, understand the technology, um, be prepared as to what the program content is and what specific questions that you might ask and or questions you may have, which are always great to ask because you want to engage everybody in the room, not necessarily the speaker, but they all came to that particular workshop with a concept in mind. And if you have questions about that, that's really a great audience because you never know who's going to answer and what you're going to learn from there. So looking smart and being vocal. And I know this is the hardest part and the virtual thing, it's a hard balance to get without being obnoxious. You really have to be proactive. You can't just sit there and drink your coffee and watch this stuff. You have to jump in. You have to ask questions and be seen. And by the way, it's not like, hello from Connecticut, you know, like in the chat. It's not like I'm in the room. You gotta be smarter than that, please. Everybody looks really silly when they walk in and they go like, Connecticut's in the room. You know, it really is. It might be funny, but it's it doesn't do us any good and it distracts. So have your content in mind. Know where you want to engage. Preset meetings because a lot of technology will do that for you and show up to your meetings. Show up to your meetings. That's just wrong if you don't. Um, and then follow up, follow up, follow up. That's awesome. So the... Uh... Actually, I'll underscore what you said about getting your profile online as, as early or, or getting it online. Um, uh, so I, I actually am attending a virtual trade show right now, this, uh, this last three days. And so we were able to get into that platform two weeks ago to put our profile up. So I set mine up that, that first day, it took me five minutes. It was you know easy. And um, 
before the doors open on the event on Tuesday this week, um, four people who are interested in our service reached out to me uh, to set up meetings. So I've had four meetings this week from that. And then I reached out to a few people as well to set up my own meetings. But the sooner you set up your profile, the easier it is for everybody else to find you. And um, so, yeah, no, I think it's, it, it's just use the leverage that's provided, whatever, you know, whatever leverage you can get, you know, to Kelly's point, I think you use as much of it as you can. And, uh, and, and just getting your profile up, it, it makes such a difference. And, and using, you know, the various search terms and all that kind of stuff just helps the right people find you ultimately. So uh, yeah, excellent point. Um, anything else to add on in terms of preparation? Um, I tend to scan the whole event, see who is in the booth, in the exhibiting, I mean, the people in the booth that are listed that might attend and who's exhibiting. I like to reach out to them, especially if I've been to that event before and they are regular participants. Like, I like to kind of say, hey, who are you guys hoping to meet this time? Because sometimes it, it brings awareness to me of others that I should be looking for. So if they are an exhibitor that I know and that I want them to know that I'm excited that they're there and, and supporting the event, I reach out to them and say, who are you guys looking to meet this time? A, because I might be able to send them some referrals of people I bump into at the show, but B, because they might suggest things that I hadn't thought of. So I try to engage with the event participants and the exhibit people, I'm sorry, the uh, host organization, if you can get there as well, it's hard. And they're all learning new things and they're harder to get a hold of even because when you're in a live event, they're actually standing usually as you get there and you can say, hello, great to see you. This is a great show. What are we doing this year? What's the theme? You know, whatever. But um, wherever you can reach out to those who know the event the best, because there's always more that you will never see and unless, unless you get engaged and ask the right people, so. Hmm, makes sense. Um, well, cool. Well, let's look ahead a little bit because, you know, we're, we, we now, you know, we're in, in November uh, here in the United States. Uh, I guess we're in November everywhere, but, uh, uh, but, but we're in November. And, and here in the United States, we expect the COVID vaccine to be released sometime in December and uh, it to be deployed sort of over a six, seven, eight month period. Um, so it's reasonable to think that by summer or fall of 2021, we'll be attending some, maybe not the biggest, but some reasonable size in-person events. Um, and so going back to that sort of the in-person uh, event type world. And, uh, you know, I guess the, you know, the, the question I have here is, you know, the, how do we use virtual events uh, in the future um, to uh, whether it's to make ourselves more effective when we do have the in-person opportunities how do we use the next six nine months effectively so that you know we we sort of really launch uh, back into in-person even more effectively you know what are some of the things you know it you know is it a hybrid future we're sort of going to and and how do we sort of you know sort of leverage this uh, virtual world um, to be most effective, you know, sort of both virtually and in, and in person? Well, I think that's a great question. And I guess I'm going to, like, we work with a lot of our clients, like, run like mad right now. So these virtual opportunities are fabulous for exploring new um, market segments, looking at personas, 
checking out shows that you necessarily wouldn't have looked at in the past, but you know, it's inexpensive, it's very efficient, and you can really do a lot of testing, testing, testing right now and determine whether your messaging's right, that attending this is the right audience for you, that um, the right engagement can happen. So I would use this next six months like mad to do as much virtual as you can, get your messaging right, get to the right shows, learn, like who is the people we want to target at this particular show? Take a lot of notes, get this stuff locked in now. And then as we start to go in the hybrid thing and, and something that I thought was exceptionally clever, some people are going to step into these live environments and still be very concerned. So you have to have a level of empathy that you have not had in the past. I, I, I'm not a particularly huggy person, but some people it's in their nature and they just want to run up and go, hey, great to see you. And especially since we've been locked down for so long, it's going to be a weird sensation getting back into the swing of things. And what I really want you to do, and I saw a show that I thought is very clever. They actually had wristbands that, that had different colors based on your level of, hi, I'm an elbow, hi, I want to shake your hand, or I'm good with hugs. I mean, it was three colors and I thought it was just brilliant. And that was their strategy to say, like, to empathize that we're all going to be at a different comfort level and that's okay. But just be aware of it. Be engaged as much as you can. Go to your comfort level. Um, I've attended a few live events and I can tell you after an hour, I'm already getting itchy. I just, and it isn't anything that's going on in the room. It's me. I'm, I know that I'm kind of like, uh, where's the ventilation and um, how come that person's not wearing a mask? So those things are gonna naturally work them, their way out. So leverage the virtual way you can, cross hybrid, profiles up when you need to do that stuff. Now, I think a lot of the venues are going to have hybrid things going on. So be attuned to it. And I've also been at events where hybrid is happening well, in-person is happening. So that's going to be a neat transition as well. Figure out how to do all of that. Um, but then when you get back in person, be empathic, be ready and excited to be in person. I can't wait. Um, but but be prepared. And then I say this with everything follow up. So excellent. Yeah. So so the basic idea is use this next six ish months or, or so until we get back in person to really leverage and also learn these platforms and get the most out of them. And and then as we get to a situation where we are participating in, and we really see long term. Uh, in person and uh, and the virtual being working really well together. We don't see virtual going away. It will be it will allow us to travel further um, and use less time and money to 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 get out to events that or, or to or to get to events that we wouldn't necessarily go to otherwise or to the frequency we would go otherwise. But where we can use them to almost it sounds like also warm the market. So that when we can go in person, we've already we already have some relationships. We already have some contacts, um, and and we already have some uh, somewhat of a community established. So that our our in person times becomes even more effective. Uh, is, is that part of the the strategy? It absolutely is, and and it actually brought up one more thought that I want to just throw in there. When you're attending these events with teams, so when you're not just going by yourself, the metrics from a virtual show is fabulous. And there are some shows that give you virtual team met metrics. So how many in-person 
things did they attend? How many networking sessions did they have? How many people did they connect to and have meetings and that kind of stuff? So from attending with a group, you can also kind of figure out who your best players are, who's engaging and actively, you know, and then you can go to your CRM like you always have and see who follows up and who actually closes a deal because there, there are many other layers involved here. But I think the virtual aspect is such a boost to events in general that if we can leverage these skills right now, especially when they're plentiful, they're cheap and everybody's learning. So you're on an even playing field, but that's going to get different. Like by year end, there's going to be people, and I already see it, that are far exceeding the group participation because they do understand it and they are leveraging it. So get on board people, because if you haven't yet, you will be outpaced. You will be outpaced quickly. And this is going to do nothing but accelerate what you can do if you do it well. Awesome. Well, I think that's a, it's a wonderful point to, to close on. So uh, I really want to thank you for your time and giving us these great ideas. I think the, um, you know, the, the notion that virtual is here to stay and it, it will uh, long act as a, as a very strong sibling to in-person events and, uh, and we can really leverage these platforms. I think uh, uh, just sounds very, very smart. So uh, thank you for your time, Kelly. Thank you to our audience for tuning in again. And we actually have some really cool podcast topics coming up. So make sure you follow the channel and uh, certainly like this if you did like it and, uh, and we'll keep them coming. So uh, thank you again. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Kelly. Talk to you all soon. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions or we can be of any service. Like us if you'd like to stay in the know on current episodes.